Hello, this is Derek Ray, and you're listening to Bavarian Podcast Works. Hello and welcome in to yet another episode of the Bavarian Podcast Works show. It's a bit of a weird one. I have to say, it is very weird because if you think back to the first season that we ever did this podcast, right, the Bundesliga went down to the final day, right? So we had intense competitive podcasts all the way through. And then, of course, last year, right, the world died. And then when football came back, we had a lot to talk about, but now, this is the first time in the history of this podcast that Bayern Munich has won the uh, the Bundesliga in relatively unsurprising fashion. Like, I think my statement a couple weeks ago after the Leipzig game, where I said the title race is basically over at this point, pretty much held up, right? Before the game even kicked off. Thanks to Borussia Dortmund, Bayern won the league. Borussia Dortmund scored late in their game against Leipzig to give Bayern Munich the title. And then from that point on, we have two more games in this Bayern season of no consequence. Relatively of no consequence. Of course, it's going to be the last games for... A couple of people, Hansi Flick, Jerome Boateng, David Alaba, who knows, uh, Bunasar maybe, <laughs> who knows. Um, it's going to be weird, though, not having any title on the line, but I guess that's a great way for me to segue into I'm very happy that Bayern won the league, and now we're going to talk about that. So, Tom... I'm joined by Tom, right? I'm joined by Tom. Got to get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> how does it feel to uh, to have finally won the Bundesliga? It feels like forever since Bayern won the Bundesliga. I'm sorry, I can't even say that out loud. Uh, yeah, how does this feel to win, what, is this 31? Is this the 31st Bundesliga title that Bayern has won? I think it's 31. I think last year was 30. Unless I'm completely wrong, I'll fact check myself as you go ahead and give your thoughts. No, Jake, I, I believe you're right. I believe it is 31, uh, ninth consecutive, obviously. And interestingly enough, we did clinch it on match day 32, just as we had done last season. Only it was in our own hands last season by virtue of that 1-0 win against uh, Werder Bremen at a rainy, rainy Wesserstadion in the middle of the summer, which obviously because of the coronavirus, we were still playing matches well into the summer uh, when we would have otherwise had the Euros. But, oh, yes. 31st, 31st German title, 30th Bundesliga title. So that is why Bayern is getting their fifth star. So we were wrong. It is their 30th title. 
30th Bundesliga, at least. So that is why we all now have to go out and buy new merchandise because Bayern are now going to have five stars above their crest instead of four. Sorry for interrupting, but continue. No, that's absolutely okay. And when you said that, too, it actually kind of rung a bell. I was listening to uh, Stylecast on the way to work and on the way back from work, and they had mentioned uh, they were uh, Raphael Honigstein and uh, Christopher Bierman were talking about you know, uh, Bayern's dominance in the Bundesliga for the past couple of decades and, you know, what the German leagues looked like before the formation of the Bundesliga. So that makes sense that you mentioned the discrepancy between 30 and 31. But, Jake, just to come full circle, obviously a lot of Bayern Munich fans looking at the season on a whole will be a little bit disappointed having being knocked out of the DFB Pokal at the hands of Holstein Kiel much, much earlier on than we would have anticipated. And, uh, crashing out in the Champions League against PSG without our star man Robert Lewandowski and a number of important injuries to the squad. It just seemed as if everything was stacked against us in that sense. But, you know, it's just when we were having all of our conversations on our Slack channel about, you know, mathematics and when is the league technically clinched and, you know, what results... Uh, in other cop- or excuse me in other fixtures in the league you know what sh- what we should what what should we look for if who gets a result against who when do we win it and uh, our very own Philip Quinn had said you know the season just comes down to a cumulative points total and you get the points that you work for and that's why we were deserved winners and that's why we won the league obviously it was a little bit anticlimactic uh Jake becoming either, if you want to call it, Busmeister or Sofameister uh, with Borussia Dortmund's 3-2 win over RB Leipzig at the Westfalenstadion. But it was kind of funny to see some of our players doing their pitch walk um, at the Allianz Arena before the kickoff against München Gladbach, just watching that the end of that match on their phones and just looking pretty unfazed. Um, but credit to them because it obviously did not phase them whatsoever or demotivate them to go out and absolutely thrash Marco Rosa's München Gladbach, which is ironic that he's going to be the one taking over Borussia Dortmund, and they're the team that gave us the helping hand. You know, you, you would never think that Borussia Dortmund would want to do us any favors, but that's exactly what they did, and we're the deserved winners, uh, Bundesliga champions. I know anyone outside of the, the Bayern fandom or Bundesliga fandom would say, oh, Bayern wins again. Here we go again. It's not even a competition, but those are the people who don't know the ins and outs of the Bundesliga, how much people care about their clubs in, in the Bundesliga, how much hard work goes into it, how much we still had to work through a serious amount of injuries, especially to our star man at probably the most crucial point of our season. I think you would agree, Jake. So uh, I'm very, very pleased that we're, we're Bundesliga champions. I was excited with some of the other teams that came up and gave it a good run, but this season is done in that respect and now I'll be very keen on watching the top four battle Jake between a handful of teams that could still finish in Champions League spot yeah I I saw a tweet from Derek Ray I forget whether it was earlier this weekend or just the other day but it basically went something along the lines of where he was basically saying that anybody saying that the Bundesliga is boring to watch because Bayern Munich wins all the time is a title chaser, which is an interest. It's not his exact words, but the sentiment rings true because he ended up saying to me, football is culture and culture is teams and fans and tradition and history and Wiener Schnitzel and beers in the stadium, which 
I agree with. To me, that is why I love this league, right? And to anybody that says that Bayern winning the league all the time makes the league uncompetitive, I would basically tell them to look at the top six of the Bundesliga for the last 10 seasons versus the top six of the Premier League for the last 10 seasons. And you'll see the same clubs in the Premier League that you won't see in the Bundesliga. There's a reason why they call them the top six of the Premier League because basically the same teams finish six all the time, with the exception of Arsenal, because Arsenal is garbage. But, right, we see Hoffenheim in there. We've seen Berlin in there. We've seen Werder Bremen in there. We've seen Schalke there, even though they definitely would not be there this season. Uh, we saw Kohn fighting a couple years ago, that fantastic year with Anthony Modesta. Um, we've seen Stuttgart there over the last 10 seasons, much in Gladbach, who probably won't even be able to make the top six this season, right? And then, of course, the top six this season of Leipzig, Wolfsburg, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Eintracht Frankfurt, and Bayer Leverkusen, which they all still have intense games to play each other, right? It seems that Leipzig are pretty much set in that second spot on 64 points, right? I doubt that despite the win at the weekend for Borussia Dortmund that they'd be able to hop them, right? Uh, Wolfsburg have four points below uh, Leipzig, so it's highly possible they could come in second. I doubt it, considering that, you know, Leipzig have only given up 28 goals all season. So I doubt that, but at least for... Positions three through six, they get interesting, right? Wolfsburg currently sit in third on 60 points. Dortmund sit in fourth on 58. And Eintracht Frankfurt sit in fifth on 57. There's only a three points difference between third place and fifth place. And more to that point with two games to go, Bayer Leverkusen are six points behind Eintracht Frankfurt, and they have a better goal difference. So we might see a lot of combinations. We could still see Borussia Dortmund lose out on the Champions League. We could see Wolfsburg tumble all the way from third to basically a Europa Conference League spot. We could see a Bayer Leverkusen team that's kind of struggled throughout the entire season somehow stumble their way up from a Europa Conference League spot into a Europa League spot. The situation is still fluid below Bayern Munich, right? So while Bayern Munich are on dry land and Leipzig are also pretty much relatively on dry land, everything underneath that is rushing water and it's still fluid and it's still all moving, right? And that's not even to mention the fact that Borussia Mönchengladbach, a team that started off very strong this season, have 46 points. So logically, if they earn six points and Bayer Leverkusen don't do a thing, they could leapfrog Leverkusen to a Europa Conference League spot. So it's still interesting. It's still jam-packed. It is still a tight race to the final two games of the season to see who takes those final spots. So if anything, this just gives me a greater incentive to watch anybody other than Bayern Munich because I imagine the rest of these games are just going to be utterly fantastic for all of the teams basically still fighting for their lives. And then Jake also too, we can say, we can watch uh, Hertha Berlin and can they come out of there 
coronavirus quarantine alive and on top. They've collected, uh, what is it, four points from those two makeup games thus far and play Schalke tomorrow. So you would hope they could get points out of that. Uh, but again, uh, 13th, or excuse me, 14th through 16th, all on 31 points and Hertha, Werder Bremen. Uh, in Bielefeld, so it'll be interesting to see if Bielefeld can get themselves out of that last playoff spot. Uh, and it would be honestly hilarious, Jake, to see Werder Bremen in that playoff spot once again. It would be incredible to see them in that playoff spot once again. And that's not even to mention that 13th place Augsburg have 33 points. So, heck, if everybody below them gain points, they could slip down, right? And it's important, right? Augsburg have a negative 17 goal difference, right? Uh, Werder Bremen have a negative 17 goal difference, which is why they're in 15th. Armenia Bielefeld have a negative 28 goal difference. That's why they're in 16th and in that playoff spot. Hertha Berlin are in 14th because they have a negative 11 goal difference, which means that they could draw their next two games and Augsburg lose out and Augsburg slips below them based on goal difference, which that could mean a lot of things. That could mean safety versus automatic relegation. That could mean a playoff versus automatic relegation because the other added thing is that Cone, a team that has suffered through a lot this entire season, are still in this. They're in 17th place. They haven't really seemed to have strung it all together, but... They only have 29 points. The difference between 13th and 17th, four points. As much as 2 through 7 is an interesting race, 13 through 17 might be even more interesting because you look at that, you see a lot of legacy teams in here. right? You see Werder Bremen, you see Ber- Hertha Berlin, you see Köln. Right? A cone team that has struggled to really fight their way back up into the Bundesliga and then stay up top. Right, It's a tough, tough thing to watch, especially considering how well-supported Cone is, and you would consider how badly they would have played this season, or how well they played this season, if they had fans in the Rhein-Energie-Stadion. So it's really going to be a tough fight to the finish and allow me to go ahead and do this now let's take a look at our match day 33 ahead of us uh, via bundesliga.com Borussia Mönchengladbach taking on Stuttgart so that will be a fun battle between teams in position 7 and position 10 uh, Bayer Leverkusen taking on Union Berlin a team in 8th place who oh I even forgot to mention I even forgot to mention that uh Union Berlin also have 46 points with Borussia Mönchengladbach, so it's highly possible that they could slip up. So instead of 3 through 7, it's 3 through 8. It's even more interesting at that point. So that 6 8 game between Leverkusen and Union is going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, Bayern Munich play Freiburg at the weekend. Not much is going to come out of that. Hertha Berlin play Köln this weekend. Eintracht Frankfurt play last place Schalke. Uh, Augsburg versus Werder Bremen, another basement-dwelling matchup for them. Bielefeld taking on Hoffenheim. Mainz taking on Borussia Dortmund. And then Leipzig taking on Wolfsburg. And that might be the game of the weekend on Sunday, the second-place versus third-place matchup, because depending on how well... Borussia Dortmund do 
against Mainz. Depending on how well Eintracht Frankfurt do against Schalke, we could see a much closer race. We could see a completely flip-flopped race. We could see... Uh, actually, no. Eintracht have 10 less goals than Wolfsburg. So I was about to say that if they lost, Eintracht winning would give them three points. They would tie Wolfsburg on points, but they wouldn't hop them. So it would set things up for a tremendous final day for everybody below the title holders. Um, but before we get to all of that, before we get to match day 33, we have a cup to give out. We have the DFB Pokal Finale at its traditional site at the Olympiastadion in Berlin. Uh, no people in attendance as there's still strict policies in terms of attendance for Bundesliga matches. First time since 2008 that the DFB Pokal Finale will be played before the end of the season. And it will be the first time since 1985 that the final was not played on a Saturday. It's also the first time it is played on a Thursday in the entire history, and the first time since 1984 it has not been played on a weekend. So, very weirdly, of all days, this this game is being played on a Thursday. It was originally scheduled for Saturday the 22nd, but it was moved to an earlier date prior to the competition of the league season due to fixture density caused by the late start, which I guess makes sense. It just adds to the ongoing weirdness of the 2020-2021 season for all of European football brought on by this pandemic. So... Ebe Leipzig, Borussia Dortmund, these teams played each other at the weekend, though I would add that there was an extra wrinkle to that game at the weekend, and I don't know necessarily if it is the best indicator of how these teams would approach this game. And I'm not necessarily talking about Erling Haaland being out with a potential muscle injury, which could carry over to this game on Thursday. It's that Leipzig were pretty relatively set in their second position, and Dortmund are fighting to go ahead and get that last Champions League spot, or the third-place Champions League spot, versus this game where it's completely different. We released an article earlier today talking about a roundtable where we all decided who we were going to root for. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday night. Um... Borussia Dortmund have not won a title since the 2016-17 edition of the DFB Pokal because they played Eintracht Frankfurt and they won 2-1 to beating Niko Kovac. But ever since then, with the exception of this season, they haven't made it past the round of 16. They met Bayern once and lost in the 17-18 season. And then the following two seasons, they lost to Werder Bremen of all teams. Uh, back-to-back. A Werder Bremen team that, despite being not so great in the Bundesliga this season, yet again made it to the semifinals of the DFB Pokal. Uh, meanwhile, on the opposite side, we have Erbe Leipzig, a team that is beginning to lose all of its parts, whether or not they like it, right? Tom, you're about to get Ibrahimo Konate on Merseyside. That's pretty much a done deal. I imagine you're kind of happy about that, considering uh, that you had to deploy multiple central midfielders in center-back positions for crucial Champions League and Premier League games earlier this season. Bayern are obviously taking Dio Upimakano and Julian Nagelsmann. Many others could be out the door for them as well, right? Marcel Sabitzer, Marcel Halstenberg have been linked with Premier League sides. 
Uh, there's a rumor about Emil Forsberg going around because his contract's winding down. Same situation with Yusuf Paulson. Uh, so this Leipzig team, whether or not, and here's really what I said and why I'm supporting Leipzig, right? Whether or not you like how this Leipzig team has come up, it has been an exciting ride to just watch them this entire time. And it would be schadenfreude for everybody that doesn't like the way that they got brought up that they would have come all this way to get absolutely nothing. But it will also be the fourth time since German reunification that uh, an East German team or a team from the East of Germany made the DFB Pokal final. In the previous three times, the teams have all been shut out. According to my math, they are a combined 7-0 on aggregate in uh, DFB Pokal finals. Cottbus, Energy Cottbus lost 2-0 to Wolfsburg in 97. Union Berlin lost to Schalke 2-0. And then... Of course, the most recent East German team was the same Leipzig team who lost 3-0 in 2019 to Bayern. So, I'm rooting for the East German team, right? Tom, you wrote your piece. You said that you were definitely not supporting the East German team. Tell me why you're supporting Dortmund on this one. Well, there's a number of reasons why. Uh, I know part of my explanation was a little bit satirical. I, I sometimes feel bad for feel, <laughs> Fear the Wall. Uh, our brotherly blog about Borussia Dortmund for SB Nation. Uh, sometimes when I speak of Dortmund players or transfer rumors somewhat correlated to Borussia Dortmund, they receive some stick from uh, Bayern followers and, and people who don't like Dortmund. And sometimes I genuinely feel bad about that because while we do banter with them quite often on our social media pages, they always mean well uh, and they're never <coughs> cynical or out of line or anything like that. But I, I just, from a purely footballing perspective, I just, I, I think that Dortmund has too much firepower for RB Leipzig. And, you know, I'm someone between my joint fandom for Bayern and Liverpool. I've seen quite a bit uh, of Leip Leipzig this season. And, you know, part of the reason why they crashed out of the Champions League was vital, vital mistakes at the back against powerful attacks. And Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino, and uh, obviously Mohamed Salah, you know, had they not made those mistakes, they could have very well progressed beyond Liverpool uh, in the Champions League. And uh, I just see too many errors like that made. I know it's an interesting topic of discussion because we're obviously getting someone from that back line in Dio Upamecano, you know, but it's a unit. It's a system. When we were talking about Nagelsmann coming to Bayern Munich next season, we talked about his formations and how he likes to toy between a back four or a back three or a back five with the two wing backs. Uh, so I think that sometimes those systems are just there for the taking, especially when you have uh, a Jaden Sancho that's starting to fully fire, uh, a relatively fully fit Marco Royce that's coming back into the line. I personally feel that Erling Haaland will play a part on Thursday. I know he was left out most recently over the weekend, does have a lingering muscle injury, but if you saw the way he was running onto the pitch to congratulate Sancho for his winner in the 3-2 win over Leipzig on the weekend, which handed us the title, uh, you would you would think that he's uh, going to be healthy for Thursday, but that does remain to be seen. But, Jake, especially I feel if he is fit and healthy that he will be a force to be reckoned with, and I think his name will pop onto the score sheet in the final if he is involved. And I know I used it as a reason too, but I felt so bad for Dortmund in the Champions League. Uh, what was it, the quarterfinals? 
yes, the quarterfinals in the in the Champions League against Manchester City. That Bellingham goal that was for whatever reason ruled out because Ederson flopped, even though he clearly lost the ball. I felt absolutely terrible for them. That was one of the biggest robberies of this season's Champions League, other than Poland, uh, or excuse me, Andorra, whichever player injured Robert Lewandowski during the international break, causing him to miss four, yeah, four weeks. So uh, that was actually the biggest robbery of the Champions League, but Bellingham's goal being disallowed was definitely the second. I was very sad to see that call go the wrong direction, and it could have been very different. Uh, because I love the way that Dortmund battled and, and fought until the end against Sevilla. And I'm a, someone who does not really like La Liga teams. And especially as a Liverpool fan, uh, Sevilla leaves a sour taste in my mouth, a la the 2016 Europa League final. Um, but for whatever reason, Unai Emery just loves that competition. He can't get enough of it. As we know, he's in yet another Europa League final, this time with uh, Villarreal. But nonetheless, yeah, that's why I think Borussia Dortmund's going to win. I, I just think they have too much firepower. I think uh, RB Leipzig are prone to mistakes at the back with absolutely no discredit to Kanate or Diop Meccano as guys that are probably going to uh, Liverpool and definitely Bayern, respectively. But that's why I went ahead and predicted a, a 3-1 win for Borussia Dortmund over RB Leipzig, Jake. I think it'll be a fun game. It'll be an interesting game to talk about. Um, another interesting game to talk about happens a while from now. It happens on the last weekend in May, the Champions League final. Um, it would have been interesting, all English teams, if uh, if Arsenal just didn't let go of Unai Emery. If they, if they just didn't let go of Unai Emery, then it would have been an all-English Europa League final. It would have been an all-English Champions League final. Um, so Boris Johnson would have absolutely loved all of that. Um, instead it's Man United Villarreal, which I don't necessarily know if we need to get into that. I know Tom would be rooting for Villarreal. I'd be rooting for Villarreal. So I think that's, I think that's pretty obvious, but now we actually get to talk about something legitimately, uh, tough. The uh, Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Now, we haven't done a roundtable on this one yet, and we probably won't do one until, like, the week that it actually happens. But, hoy, isn't isn't this an interesting one? Like, I appreciate the fact that it's not Chelsea-Real Madrid, because I just wouldn't watch the Champions League final at all. Um, I appreciate that Chelsea won... And they gave me an obvious team to root for in this one. Um, Though I will say it's very interesting that all of a sudden Turkey is on the banned travel list for the UK for the all-English final. And it just so happens that one of the two possible sites for relocation is Wembley. My tinfoil hat tells me that there's something deeper behind that. But Manchester City versus Chelsea is this final. Now, there are two ways to look at this from the Bayern perspective. Number one, the finale de home, which I'm not going to get into. On the other hand, our former manager is coaching the other side. So just give me your quick thoughts on the matchup. Tom, and if you want to tell me who you're rooting for, go ahead. 
obviously because you're a Liverpool fan, I'm assuming you're rooting for Manchester City. <laughs> Absolutely not. I cannot in any way, shape, or form bring myself to support Man City in any way, shape, or form, but congrats to them. They did. They were crowned Premier League champions today, and as I was saying, just with the Bundesliga, the Premier League is about winning the total of points, and you know whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins, and after a, like a catastrophic start to the season, you know they just completely turned it around, and you know they had their emergency meeting just before Christmas time when they weren't performing well, and it worked. And their form all through the winter was just incredible, even without uh, Kevin De Bruyne for an extended period of time. So that's incredible. Hats off to them. But if there's any team to beat them right now, I think it's Chelsea with with how in form they are. Guys that are really starting to percolate. Timo Werner, Kai Havertz as former Bundesliga players, as well as Christian Pulisic. Mason Mount, who I think is having a fantastic season. Uh, I can't wait to see what he does in the England squad at the Euros, assuming Gareth Southgate picks him and is one of his uh, first names on the team sheet. Excuse me. Um, obviously, we have a few weeks before this match takes place, so a lot can happen between now and then. The onus will be on Chelsea during that time because they still have to fight uh, and get a top four spot and are also in an FA Cup final this weekend, Jake. So uh, they have a lot more to play for. Obviously, Manchester City have already wrapped up the league. Pep can kind of toy with his lineup if he wants to. Uh, I know that myself and pretty much all other fantasy Premier League owners will be well familiar with the uh, Pep Guardiola roulette, as they call it, with his rotations. So you never know when he's going to rotate. <laughs> you always got to uh, read the match reports and previews before the lineups are due. Otherwise, you'll get big fat zeros uh, on your roster with the rotations that he likes to make. And especially at a time like now where the league is already wrapped up and he can kind of uh, toy with, with that. But. Yeah, I just think Chelsea have shown, granted, Pep did kind of rotate the lineup for the FA Cup semifinal a few weeks back, but most of the heavy hitters were in there. And De Bruyne, uh, I believe Raheem Sterling had started, Riyad Mahrez, I think Gabriel Jesus started up top for that match. So Chelsea are, are there, and I, I like the way that they're playing under Thomas Tuchel. You know, if you look at their record since he's taken charge for Frank Lampard, it's been very, very good and very solid, and I think... Uh, he's got the right systems in place where they can really catch Man City in the areas where they can be exposed. And I think that this is going to come down to the wire. And as as impressive as Man City have been, I think Chelsea have been in as equally of good a form in recent weeks. So I'm myself rooting for Chelsea kind of in two hats. I hate Manchester City because I'm a Liverpool fan and uh, for obvious reasons for the way that their club is financed. I know that a lot of people, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of another Premier League team, they're unhappy with that uh, and is one of the reasons why they dislike Manchester City. Um, and also, I just like seeing former uh, Bundesliga players doing well. Uh, and for one, Jake, I want to see what Chuck, our very own Chuck Smith, is going to do if Timo Werner scores the winner in a Champions League final. I don't know if he's going to cry you know, chug a bunch of beer or just do something crazy. But I want to see that happen and what would happen if that does happen because I will be the first person to hop on the Timo train if that happens, obviously, with Chuck as the conductor. I'm not going to show up to the site for weeks. If Timo Werner (laughs) scores the winner of the Champions League final, I might just quit soccer journalism altogether because... (laughs) 
I will not be able to stand Chuck if that actually happens. Though, if anything, given his uh, stormtrooper accuracy, I'm more likely to believe that he'll miss a sitter at the 94th minute than, uh, than actually score the game winner. For this one... Uh, I guess you guys can call me the recycling bin because I'm going plastic. I picked a plastic team for the DFB Pokal final and I'm picking a plastic team for the Champions League final because there's absolutely no way that I can root for Chelsea. I, I just cannot root for Chelsea. Um, there are friends that I have that support Chelsea. There are great players on that Chelsea team. I admire a lot what Thomas Tuchel has done since taking over, but... I still love Pep, and I too love seeing former Bundesliga players winning, which is why I'm rooting for Kevin De Bruyne in this one, Tom. Uh, which, by the way, let's talk about that just separately. There are really two storylines that I like from City coming into this. Number one, wouldn't it be the ultimate revenge for Kevin De Bruyne to win the Champions League final against his former club who abandoned him and sent him out on loan to Wolfsburg, expecting him to die out there in the middle of a VW plant, but instead he became one of the greatest central attacking midfielders this game has seen in the last decade, and now he's leading Manchester City to a Champions League final. Number one, I think that's a fantastic storyline. The second great storyline is Sergio Aguero to me, because I love Sergio Aguero. I think that for as highly rated as he has been, he'll probably go down as one of the Premier League's most underrated players in terms of personal Jake, did you um did you have any um, thoughts on his Penanka attempt over the weekend? I don't know if you saw that, because it was against Chelsea. Louis would never. Those are my <laughs> thoughts. never. Just the fact that Mendy got up and saved it with one hand and kind of stood tall. To be fair, Aguero came out and apologized for trying that, but I guess I guess <laughs> which, when you scored a bucket load funny. of goals, you know you can have the right, uh, audacity like, to like, do that. Who apologizes for missing a penalty? Like you wanted to be cheeky, admit it, fully own up to it, and that means that if you miss, then you suck. But don't be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I should have been like that." No, because if you scored, it would have been amazing. It would have been a freaking. Puskas award nominee for all we know. Yeah, I doubt the uh, Panenka is going to negate the 2011-2012 uh, Aguero moment when I, he clinched I the league after Man City. Will, uh, after Man United thought they had won it after uh, beating mm. Sunderland, which, holy crap, that basically illustrates how long ago that was. Sunderland, Jake, really were actually does. in the Premier League when that happened. It truly does. But Sergio Aguero is leaving Manchester City at the end of all of this. And this has really been the goal for City. They hadn't really done well at all in the Champions League up until last season, right? When they made the semifinals and they almost won it if Raheem Sterling didn't miss an utter sitter. But that is what we have now on our hands we have manchester city finally reaching the zenith of what they possibly could accomplish and considering that next year they most likely are the front runners to get Lionel messi 
that would be fun to watch as well. But for now, we have fantastic players on this city team that have been hoping for this moment, right? Under a coach that has been begging to get back to this moment for so long. And to me, looking at the other side, right? Chelsea have some fantastic players, right? I would love Thiago Silva to lift a Champions League trophy. I just don't want him to do it in a Chelsea uniform. I I just can't I cannot bring myself to support Chelsea in this one. But uh I think it'll be interesting because the last time Chelsea uh was in an all English Champions League final, they played a city uh, a Manchester team and uh John Terry is probably still crying in the Luzhniki Stadium and, like, sobbing at that penalty spot in the rain in Moscow. But it'll be a fun matchup. It'll be an interesting matchup, and we will cover it as we get closer. Uh, Just the final thing that I want to touch on before we head out. Um... Lewandowski is now one goal away from tying Gerd Müller's record of 40 goals in a Bundesliga season. He is two away from breaking it. Will it happen? Yes, 100%. I believe it will happen. The man is an absolute enigma. He's on fire. And when you counter in the fact that he missed four weeks due to that knee injury, this is absolutely incredible, Jake. And just at face value with the next two opponents, SC Freiburg uh, and Augsburg, both teams he scored against in the return fixtures in the Hinrunda. So if you are a betting man, Jake, you are putting your chips down while they're hot, putting them on Mr. Robert Lewandowski scoring at least one against each team, handing him that record at at least 41 goals. Mike drop. Yeah, I'm liking the man's chances too. Although I'm not I'm not actually going to drop the mic though cuz I don't want <laughs> this mic to break. I'm just going to hit yeah, you. Yeah, I uh I think he'll break it. I think that he's got two games to go right this weekend against a Freiburg team that has allowed 47 goals this season. And then I'm waiting for this to load. I believe they have Augsburg next uh, for the final game. Um, so they do have Augsburg for the final game. I imagine that he'll be able to score two goals in 180 minutes against that competition. My hope is that he does. And to me, that seals Ballon d'Or for him. If it doesn't, then I, I, I don't know what more proof you need out of him. The man has scored 46 goals in 53 games this entire European calendar season. Like, what do you want from him? Um, I think he deserves it. I think he'll get it. I hope he gets it. And that is where I'm going to end it. So thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your quality audio content. Follow us on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner at Tommy Adams 71 and at Bavarian FB works. And until next time where we preview Bayern's weekend game against Freiburg, we will see you all later. Auf Wiedersehen.